You're listening to episode number 20 of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. Today, we're talking about the margin and mission polarity. It's the overarching polarity in healthcare and one of the most challenging. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. We're so grateful you've joined us today. I'm Tracy. And I'm Michelle. We've been interprofessional partners in healthcare for over 30 years. During that time, we've been engaged in healthcare transformation and the development of healthy healing work cultures that result in the best places to give and receive care. We've engaged with healthcare leaders from across North America, and we are tired of seeing time, money, and resources wasted on change efforts that are not sustainable. In this podcast, we explore significant, reoccurring, and competing challenges faced by all healthcare leaders today using a brand new lens called polarity thinking, the missing logic in healthcare. You could say we represent the money ball of healthcare. We're here to expand your current thinking and challenge your reliance on problem-solving tactics. Welcome, everyone. This is Michelle. And Tracy. Welcome back. Glad you're with us today. Yes, welcome back. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about margin and mission and the polarity, the interdependent relationship between the two. This Big is, tension there. Oh, my gosh. Has there <laughs> never not been tension here, right? Never. Now, this is, this is really uh, a significant, what we would call mother polarity. Not that it's a mother, but <laughs> <laughs> can be. <laughs> it's an overarching polarity, um, and you know we talked a little bit about margin mission with Lauren Harden, and we did that in episode ten. So if you haven't um, listened to that, go back and listen to that because I think it was a fabulous interview. Wonderful. And we talked with her about margin and mission within the context of complex care and social needs. Um, but this today, we're going to talk about it in maybe a little bit more of a global perspective. And uh, we've just really been doing some thinking about this one lately. And, uh, you know, we've, we're have we not at loss for people to tell us how we're doing in healthcare in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> I think it started back with the Institute of Medicine That's in 1999 right. and said, whoa, folks, we got trouble, right? We got safety issues. Shortly after that, it was all the things about quality. And we've been on this journey to transform the healthcare system ever since, right? For your decades. Yeah. And uh, yet reports keeps rolling in that we're not there yet, right? Which is really kind of the mission part of uh, you know, of healthcare, right, is to serve and to provide the highest of quality care, right, exactly. to, to our communities, mm-hmm. to, you know, the people that we're here to serve. That's why we went into healthcare. Exactly. You know, so when we get these reports, it's, you know, can be a little staggering, right, and a little sobering mm-hmm. uh, for those that are leaders. And, uh, you know, we, uh, I think what really kind of struck me was, I think it was in 2014, um, when the report came from the Commonwealth Fund Commission around um, high performance in healthcare systems, and we were 11 out of 11 in almost every category, right? Like, and I think everybody was like, wow. And, uh, and you know, in 2017, <laughs> the next Mirror Mirror report <clears throat> wasn't a whole lot better, right? Mm-hmm. We jumped up a little bit in some regards, but we still were 11th. Uh, out of 11 uh, overall for our health system performance. And uh, so it's just, you know, it gives you cause to pause and to think about how can we impact this. And, 
And what we know is this isn't just about the mission, right? It's also about the margin. So yeah. we have to give attention to both. Yep. We've all been there in those conferences when they show that slide, and there are those other countries, and there's the U.S. <laughs> in, in, the, in last place. In last place. In last place. And we don't like to be last place. No. So we want to change that. <laughs> we want to change that. We want to look at it through a margin and mission lens. And, you know, there were some steps that got us a little bit closer in 2008 when Berwick and his colleagues really identified the triple aim. And because that was the first part of the process to recognize we need to look at things together, that they are connected. And so there was a recognition that, you know, not only did we have to decrease health costs, we had to improve patient population health. And we had to increase the patient experience. So we have a little margin and a little mission in those three. And they even called it a paradox mm-hmm. at that point when the triple aim came out. And we also know as we are moving from value-based, you know, to value-based care from fee-based care that we have business models that aren't congruent still. There might be a few exceptions in the United States, but that's another huge barrier, right? Yeah, yeah. The, and I think Lauren pointed that out as well, right, in our conversation with her in complex care. The business models of healthcare aren't congruent with the triple aim, the quadruple aim. So we've got work to do. You know, I think there's things that are happening, but it's like the Titanic, right? You're trying to turn this huge ship, shift everything, and it's complex. Uh, it is definitely complex. Um, and, you know, we talk about the quadruple aim, recognizing that that's not necessarily the formal uh, adopted, uh, you know, um, aims, all four are not fully adopted by the IHI as far as, uh, you know, the quadruple aim goes, but pretty much most people we talk about that know that, you know, the fourth aim in this regard and in our context today really is related to, you know, clinician well-being, right, and their right. experience within the healthcare system. And one of the things that we've really been thinking about is that we think about all the polarities in healthcare and, We've got lists of, what, 50, 60 more or more, mm-hmm. um, that really at the top of them and overarching all of them is this big polarity of mission and margin. Mm-hmm. And that in some regard, any other, all other polarities fall below that, um, either nested within it or, you know, stacked underneath it. Um, and they, they all impact each other, right? As you work on one, you have an impact on the other and, and so this really is the one that has to be addressed, right? And right. No, no margin, no mission. That's right. <laughs> no mission, no margin. Yeah, you really can see how it impacts each one of the four aims. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we're talking about margin. We're really kind of talking about those net revenues. And, of course, when we talk about mission, we're talking about the reason, you know, healthcare exists, the reason these healthcare organizations are there, their purpose and we're here to serve, right, and deliver that highest of quality care. Mm-hmm. So so to set some context for our conversation today in the podcast, um, we're going to be really primarily talking about the impact that margin mission polarity has had on acute care healthcare organizations. And, and Tracy and I both come from acute care backgrounds and so can really identify with these. You know, margin historically has been seen as a problem to be solved, right? It's it's like we have to address the money issues, the margin issues, the budget. Oh, whenever you talk to someone, well, you know, it's budget time. Oh, yeah. And um, and so we always look at things as a problem. And, you know, my experience has been a lot of that was at the upper 
level of the C-suite that really owned the budget process. And we didn't really see it as a way to engage staff on an ongoing basis as part of really, you know, taking ownership for the margin side of things mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And there's so many external factors that impact uh, margin and financial decisions that healthcare organizations have to make. You know, reimbursement certainly being one of them. And there's a lot of changes that are happening with that slow, but it's on the minds of every healthcare executive today of managing that gap as we do shift as well as uh, the services are shifting from acute care to the community. So you got to look at that through a whole different perspective. And that's where the business models, you know, really come into play to really match up to what's happening in healthcare. Mm -hmm. Then we have the internal factors. And one of the biggest ones we've seen in our careers is we've lived through the era of big EHR implementations and the financial impact that has on organizations. So expensive, has a lot of implications. And, um, you know, and underlying of that, there's a lot of complexity with, you know, charging patients and looking at the coding underneath of it. So all of those can really impact the margin that organizations have to really uphold if they want to be in business. Right. Yeah. It, it's phenomenal. Right. And, then we have the mission side of things, right? And so we have this, you know, the quality, safe, patient-centered, you know, care that meets the patient family needs. That's what we're really trying to get to when we think about the mission. And, you know, historically, you know, the care has been owned by the clinicians, right? They've been primarily accountable for the quality of the care delivered because they are the ones putting the hands on the patients, right, and supporting right. the services mm -hmm. uh, that are needed. So, so when it comes to the mission, the clinicians have been heavily, right, accountable and engaged in the ownership of that quality of care. Um, but there's a lot of internal and external factors there, too, as well. And, you know, a lot of drivers right now have been the experience of the patient, which has been driving, you know, a lot of the quality and, uh, you know, our patients having a, a good enough experience that they're going to come back, right? Or they're going to refer others uh, to our organization. So, you know, their likeliness to recommend is a big, heavy factor that people, you know, evaluate on an ongoing basis. And then we've got, you know, on the staffing side of things, the clinician side of things, we've got staff burnout, right? Mm -hmm. We've got people leaving. We've got right. gaps, uh, you know, in uh, in our staffing, and they're not staying as long. And, and no, I mean, they're they're in for two years, and then they're they're out. out. Exactly. So you know, all those things. You know, you don't have enough staff. It's hard to deliver that quality of care and meet the needs of the patients, right? If you don't have the right staffing, and we've done sessions on that too, episodes on that as well, right? So another polarity sitting underneath, you know, that recruitment retention polarity. Um, but also, you know, we've got this recognition of a need to shift to interprofessional care, to team-based care, mm -hmm. um, to improve the quality, the coordination of the care. So, though, and, and we've got clinicians that haven't been trained to work that way. So there's a lot of things, right, a lot of factors impacting, you know, the mission side, the quality side of the care that's being um, delivered. And, uh, and, you know, and then we've got that continuum of care. We've got some siloed care, right? So... We're in this, you know, transition phase, let's say that, right? We're trying to transition to be more coordinated, to be more interprofessional. Um, but, you know, there's growing pains with that. And, uh, but that's, you know, that's going to impact the quality and uh, really the, um, 
you know, that mission part of the business, right, of healthcare. But historically. Yeah, so historically. (laughs) It's a problem. That's right. That's Right? right. That's right. And we're, you know, we're just running all over trying to fix it, right? Yeah. And we swing. Yeah. Right? Oh, the quality's down. We got to focus on the quality. And we swing over there and put yeah. out the majority of the effort there. And oh my gosh, now we're in the red. Now we got a bit over here and we got to focus on this problem. We've been in this pendulum swing in uh, some organizations swinging so far mm-hmm. that, you know, they've closed because mm-hmm. they didn't balance this uh, adequately. Right. Right. And, you know, Tracy, you spoke about the major transitions that are happening right now. And really, probably the core group of people in healthcare that are feeling the squeeze the most are the healthcare leaders, right? Because there's so much to manage with all of these uh, transitions that are happening. And, you know, quite frankly, they're really, they're stressed out. They're tired of dealing with this issue over and over again. And it feels like we're having to rob Peter to pay Paul. And, you know, you think of those healthcare leaders that, you know, you kind of put your finger in the dike to, you know, on one problem, and then you got to move over here and put your finger on another dike, and pretty soon you're trying to manage this whole complex financial uh, accountability that you have, and also dealing with your resource constraints, with your financial constraints. So it really puts a lot of, you know, it just really puts a lot of burden on them. And at the same time, they have to, you know, give attention to clinician burden, patient and family experience. So it really can be a lot. Now, one of the things that Tracy and I do when we teach polarity thinking, uh, we ask people, and it doesn't matter if it's in an interprofessional group, we always actually have them identify where is the focus right now. And right now, within the last few months with multiple groups, it's been, they've been living in the downside of margin, Right, because there's so much focus right now on cost restraints, and they're feeling this burden of I have to do so much and I have limited resources. So um, that that really struck us that in different groups, um, one was you know healthcare providers in different leadership roles from all over, and the other one was an MBA program for clinicians in a joint health system and university program, and those clearly that's where people are sitting right now today. Yeah, yeah. Well. And we're changing our payment structure, like, you know, yeah. so it's not, it's not a surprise necessarily, no, no. but what it is, is that there's still that overemphasis, right? Which we know is a hundred percent predictable, right? Mm-hmm. We'll fail if we do that. So that's alarming. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast, let's keep talk, let's keep the conversation going about the significance of this. And uh, we know that, you know, it's easy to sit here and talk about this, like yeah. this is easy to do. So yeah. I don't want to give the impression that we think it's easy to do. We know this is a significant polarity. It's difficult. It's complex. It's challenging. But you can't take our eye off the ball that both are necessary. And we just want to try to give some guidance, right, on how to look at this. So, yeah. you know, let's talk a little bit. Um, one of the things is you know, to be monitoring this interdependent relationship. It's all about know it's interdependent and keep your monitoring, uh, you know, clearly on both and uh, and be aware of what you're trying to achieve, what outcomes you really are the priority outcomes for you in both of these polls. So let's talk a little bit about the margin upside. And I think one of the things, right, is, um, you know, from an organization perspective that there's that commitment to provide, right, that cost-effective 
uh, efficient, you know, care and services, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big part of that, just that margin. It has to be cost effective right. uh, for, you know, serving the, the patients uh, and the communities. And then the other is having the money available to support needed improvements. So when we have a great margin, we've got the funds, right? We can support the changes that we need. That feels really good. Doesn't it though? Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah, no problem. Let's do this, right? And then the other thing is, People feel really proud, you know, we're yeah. doing well. Like we we have a sound financial, you know, organization. We are f- sound fiscally and people take great pride in that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's a, you know, another upside of having that emphasis on the margin. Yeah, yeah. Both um, patients and employees. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Makes a difference. And then there's the upside of positive outcomes when you're really mission oriented and, you know, what you see in organizations uh, with a high mission factor is that their actions really do demonstrate a caring, compassionate culture. It's lived out every day. You know, you just can feel it um, when you're walking through the organizations. And that uh, the organizations, you know, they they have the money available to provide the adequate tools and resources to deliver that patient care. So they're putting their money in the right places to fulfill the mission, mm-hmm. right? Because we all know that clinicians and employees need the right information at the right time and the right resources, the right equipment. All of that is so important in healthcare. And uh, another positive thing about mission is uh, the organization's strong market share, because it's a great place. Again, people talk about it, and that really can impact the care that's delivered, but also the amount of patients that come as well. Yeah. Well, and we've done some interviews with patients, right? Oh, yes. And we know that they they can tell, right, uh, the quality of an organization. So, um, you know, that's, that's a really important um, component there. Now, you know, we know there's downsides when we overfocus on one to the neglect of the other. And so if we think about this, if we are overfocused on margin and really, you know, neglecting the mission, there's uh, consequences to that. Mm-hmm. And a part of what that looks like is that, you know, there's um, the cost containment is really being more of a concern in the organization than the caring and compassionate culture. So people are hearing it's all about, right, the money. All about and the all money. the conversations are about the money, right? And not so much about the caring, compassionate culture that you want to have to deliver that mission, right? Um, money is uh, available for operational pieces, but when it comes to what I need as a clinician to deliver the kind of quality care that, you know, you want me to deliver, the funds aren't available for that. So, you know, we're focusing everything on operational versus on uh, resources needed to serve the mission. Um, and then the other thing is that there's a sense that organizations at risk to lose the market share due to decreasing quality, right? So patients are making comments, they're not coming back, and you're starting to lose that market yeah. share in your environment. And it just feels awful, right? Mm-hmm. It just feels bad as mm-hmm. a, you know, as a clinician when you're kind of experiencing that and going through that. And yeah, because you're front line. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, right. you know. Exactly. And the same, you know, if we look at being, you know, we all go into healthcare because we're passionate. We want to give the best care possible. But if we don't focus on the margin and we are so focused on the mission, then what happens is um, we really lose an awareness or we create a lack of understanding of everybody's accountability to to really 
support the overall cost of care and service. We can just get lost because we're so focused on the mission. And then lack of funds will start becoming unavailable because we're over-focused on the mission, right? And our operations are going down the tanks. And then, um, then, there's, then there's overall concern for the financial health of the organization. So, you know, it's really important, like polarities teach us, not to over-focus. And we need to recognize the equal accountability we all have to both sides of this polarity. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think um, when we're, whether you're a clinician or a leader, right, it's everybody's accountable for yeah. both. So I think that's it what I, I learned to appreciate over time. Mm-hmm. I think you said, right, like as clinicians, you're there to serve, right? You, you don't get in it to manage the money. You get in it to serve and deliver the care, right? But you can't do that without supporting, right, the margin margin. at the same time. And so we all have some accountability to that. And I think, you know, it's that being vigilant, monitoring both, monitoring the interdependent relationship between both, um, and just that awareness of how this plays out is really, really critical. And at all levels. Yeah. Right? It's simultaneous action at all levels. And so let's talk a little bit, Michelle, about some of the action steps or strategies that organizations can take, you know, to keep both poles strong. Sure. So from a margin perspective, um, you know, we need to start shifting into business models that are congruent with the quadruple aim. Otherwise, you know what, Tracy, you and I are going to be sitting here 10 years from now. We're going to be having the same conversation again. We can't do that. No, no. (laughs) We cannot do that. So we really have to and, and so you have to be intentional. You have to frame it up around that quadruple aim and look at margin action steps to help support it, to help that alignment, because that's how we're going to get there to that greater purpose. Um, we also um, really need to look at a balanced approach of you know the metrics and all the metrics and look at them from a local and a global perspective. You know, in healthcare right now, there's been so much consolidation going on that it's going to be really important in managing the margin that we're looking at both what's happening locally within our systems and globally. And another action step, and this is so important to what you were saying, Tracy, that this has to happen across all uh, levels within an organization, is to really engage frontline caregivers on input in financial issues. Um, I mean, you just think about it. If we're not tapping their wisdom and they're there, they're there um, we're, we're losing money. I guarantee you. I've experienced that myself. So it's like you really need to engage them in the process. Well, they know stuff you don't know. I know. <laughs> and, you know, we were really fortunate. We worked in an organization that had, you know, partnership councils or like a shared governance kind of structure in it. And uh, a big part of that was ownership of, right, the fiscal, the fiscal. accountability at, mm-hmm. at the, usually at the unit level, right? But you gave input and you had accountability and everybody owned it and it made such a significant difference. Um, and then, you know, it's also about teaching staff, increasing their capacity to have ownership of it, right? Right, right. And some leaders were just exemplars around really helping the staff understand what the budget was, how it was set up, right? And and then seeking their feedback when we were out of budget. <laughs> we're over budget, what's going on, right? Because leaders don't always know. So I, I was just, you know, thought that was um, a great opportunity to grow as a clinician and to see the bigger picture of healthcare when we were able to be involved in those conversations. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think it's just a, a another opportunity, right? 
And then when we think about the mission and the action steps to keep the mission strong, again, you know, just like on the margin side, business model needs to be congruent with a quadruple aim, but from the patient clinician experience perspective, right? So it's not just about the patient, it's about the clinician experience as well. And so really just, you know, having a business model around that, that, that supports both. That's part of the quadruple aim and that bigger mother polarity. Um, and then the infrastructure is to engage clinicians um, and, um, you know, and patients and family. So, you know, the whole interprofessional practice pieces and just really bringing people together, clinicians and families and patients together um, to serve that, you know, that mission. And then the, the tools and resources need to be made available to support evidence-based quality care delivery. So quality care really needs to be evidence-based. And so yes. you have to have the evidence at your fingertips to mm-hmm. do that. And then another thing, too, is just monitoring the patient and staff satisfaction, right, is another action step, which people tend to measure them. Organizations are definitely measuring, you know, the clinician experience, the patient experience, but not necessarily the interdependent relationship between the two. So that's just another action step that can be taken to to support that, you know, quality care and the mission of the organization. And then, you know... What happens if we don't manage this, Tracy? Exactly. <laughs> what is going to happen? Uh, yeah, you got to be vigilant. Mm-hmm. You got to know what the warning signs are. And I think um, one of the things I love most about polarity thinking is this part, is the early warning signs. Because so often, if we don't have these in place, we're waiting until we're already in the red. We're waiting until our quality scores have sunk, right? Like we're not we're not aware enough to take the action that we need to take early on. And some hospitals, you know, I think we have, you know, hospitals that actually um, have overfocused on the margin to the neglect of the mission and closed their doors. And we've had other organizations that we are aware of that focused on the opposite pole, right? All about the margin to the neglect of the mission and down they went. And those organizations no longer exist because they, you know, overemphasized one to the neglect of the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if you have the warning signs, then you're going to know when you're, you know, you're starting to neglect or if the actions that you're taking aren't as effective as they had been previously, right? So it's just so critical to have these, these warning signs in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So from a margin perspective, you just need to perk your ears up and think of it through an early warning um, perspective that when you hear staff say the only thing they talk about here is money and that rumbling just keeps going on that's an early warning sign that you're in the getting into the downside of margin or that we're expected to deliver high quality care here but we don't have the resources to do it so if that again becomes a consistent you know you hear it out there pay attention it's an early warning sign and the other thing that really shows up um is the complaints of patients go up because the overfocus on margin. We did a patient interview earlier today, and I was like, oh, we feel it. We feel it. So it's like they know when the organization is overfocusing on, you know, cost and not the quality care. So Mm -hmm. that's another early warning sign. Yeah. Well, sometimes, too, you'll see increased litigation. Uh Uh-huh. Right? You'll see um, increases in... Uh, sick calls because yep. the staff are yep. over it, right? And um, you'll see maybe increase in turnover, things like that will start happening too. 
Um, and, and then, you know, there's downsides to over-focusing on the mission, obviously. And uh, so some things that we might hear there would be, you know, we just do what people want without thinking about it, if there's a better way to do it, right? We're just, just doing the service, just delivering whatever anybody wants without really thinking, is this the right thing? Is it the best thing? Um, another thing is I keep hearing, you know, we can't afford it. It's not in the budget, Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. We can, oh, we can't afford that. Can't afford that. The other is um, we're short-staffed, and they're not going to fill the spots. Things must be really bad. So that's the first indicator, I think, for staff people is when they're empty, when there are open positions and you're working really, really hard all the time because you've got these open positions and your leadership tells you we're not filling them. Then yes. it's, a, it's a gut feeling to the staff that we're in trouble, right? And then that, and that's not only difficult to serve, and to, you know, um, go through your shift, but then it becomes a worry and a concern. Things are in jeopardy organizationally, right? Yeah. So those are kind of indicators <clears throat> Or to when that timeline for a freeze extends and extends and extends. Yeah, yeah. Those so, are all little indicators. Yes, yes. Uh, to the staff, right, that things are amiss. So, um, you know, the thing is, in the in managing the this polarity of margin and mission, Really, why were why would do we want to pay attention to this? And that's really just to deliver right the highest quality, safe care that we can, the best experience yeah. for the patients and the recipients yeah. of care and the people that deliver the care, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what we want. That's the both worlds, yep. absolutely. Yep, the most efficient, effective ways to do that. And uh, and then, you know, our deepest fear is that we're gonna have this really poor quality, unsafe care, bad experiences, not effective, not efficient, (laughs) you know, and we're just going to end up with our deepest fears, really, if we, if we don't do this. Right, right. So some of our key takeaways today is to know that no margin with mission and no mission without margin or no margin without mission. <laughs> Let's try that again. No margin without mission and no mission without margin. And they're interdependent. They're, they're truly interdependent. They go together. And then we have to be very vigilant in monitoring that interdependency. And um, we need to also look at the infrastructures that really bring those two together for that equal accountability at all levels within the organization and that we know that it will fail over time. You know, the organization will fail if you do not leverage this polarity, and it can have dire consequences, like dire consequences, like closing down a healthcare organization. Right, right. Um, and so really, our call to action for you uh, today is talk to other people in your organization. Do a little pulse check, Right. See if you're hearing any of these early warning signs that we mentioned. See if if you're actually hearing some of these things being said in your organization. Um, you know, are you overemphasizing on one pole to the neglect of the other? And heighten your awareness around this. This is the best thing that you can do is just be an observer, heighten your awareness. And if you are, you know, engage the appropriate stakeholders to take action and to, you know, course correct if Mm -hmm. you're overemphasizing. You know, in summary, really, the U.S. continues to rank last in health system performance among, you know, the 11 high-income healthcare, you know, countries. And the triple aim, we've been aware for over 11 years, and we haven't had a ton of improvement there, right? We're, We're making strides, but still, it's struggling. It's 
it's a challenge to manage this mm-hmm. margin mm-hmm. emission. So again, it's not an easy thing to do. It's a big ship. Um, and I know that, you know, just like the clinicians out there are there with their heart, their passion, right, to deliver the very best care. And we know that every leader in the organization wants a fiscally sound quality care delivery system, right? Like we all want the same things. Mm -hmm. It's not for lack of trying and it's not because we don't care. It's just a difficult, right? So when we have tools like this that can help us, and we should really leverage them. I think that's just our message, right? Yep. So be aware, uh, intentionally design strategies to get the best outcomes for both. And, uh, you know, go forward, move forward, and uh, take simultaneous action, right? <laughs> yeah, and if you have any uh, key insights or experiences with this clarity, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, reach out. Reach out. Yeah, well, let's have some conversation together on the air, right? Yeah. All right, take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. If you found our conversation insightful or helpful, please share this episode with others you think might benefit. Also, go out to iTunes and rate the show and share a review because we really like those positive ones. Wink, wink. You can access today's show notes and downloads at www.missinglogic.com forward slash podcast. If you want to learn more about polarities in healthcare or how you might manage them in your organization, you can contact us for a free consultation. Just go to our website at www.missinglogic.com.